Hello and welcome to Fairy Goddess Farts. My name is Akela. I am your host and I just want to brain fart on the internet because I can. And if you ride, ride with me. So today I wanted to talk about some lessons I've been learning out loud. One to myself and two to you. First of all, when I tell you my Pisces ascendant in Jupiter, karmic cycles got their ass kicked by this Capricorn full moon. Man, um, I don't know about y'all, but that Capricorn full moon came in full effect to let me know that, yes, it is time to focus on your finances um, I'm talking my tax stuff blew him up in my face. Uh, I'm currently receiving unemployment as a teacher, um, a substitute teacher. So that randomly, it was perfectly fine last month. And then right around the full moon, it started to glitch. The simulation was glitching. I said, baby, read me for my filth. My ancestors, everyone was telling me, hey, you need to sit down and prioritize you know, how you spend your money, your money habits, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just like, no, it's fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. I'll just do it later. Avoid it because financial things kind of intimidate me. And that's just me living in my truth at 23. When it comes to things, finances, I'm not the most confident in partaking in those activities because it's getting kind of hard for me to validate the importance of currency as kind of this free being. However, I am shifting into a more, I have to trick myself. (laughs) Let me just say this. I have to trick myself. I have to say with responsibilities, empowered choices, right? I have to say with money, I have to use resources for fun, resources for my health. I have to play with myself in that way because I can get very childlike in how I think about um, social structures and and things like that. So yeah, that all, that karmic tension I built up of neglecting and avoiding, like I'm not irresponsible. I will never say that. You know, my bills have always been paid. I'm very adamant on making sure I have what I need, but planning ahead, I could do more work in. And that's exactly what they told me was, okay, you want all these things. You want to start doing these things. It's time to plan ahead. So Saturn really kicked me into gear. Um, Let me know how you guys felt with that full moon, what lessons you learned. I feel like nowadays on TikTok and things like that, they make it seem like the full moon's just this lovey, fun, you know, it changes. (laughs) It, It changes every full moon, like we can't always do the same exact thing. I started just tuning off. I do a cleanse during the full moon of social media because the girlies get really annoying during that time. No shame to them. If it works for you, works for you. But dive into your own shadow work is what I have to say. All right. So the power of healing the divine energies. And what I mean by the divine energies is... We know, and if you don't know, there are two energies that reside within us, um, the divine feminine 
and the divine masculine. So I'm going to go into a little detail about what those are, the historical context of these energies, and how they're not even associated with gender. I want to start off by saying I am a part of the queer community. I also recognize that there are a lot of queer identities that do not reside sexually uh, between male or female. Shout out to my non-binary folks. Um, And when I talk about these energies, I'm not talking about gender identity at all. Um, How I think of it is your right side is your receptive side. And typically when you look at the genitalia of a sexed female, we are very internal, quite literally. When it comes to um, procreation, we have to be inserted into. In African spirituality, the yoni was seen as a swallowing of the penis. It's a sort of portal Um, And so when I think of feminine energy, I think of the internal world, uh, the the internal kind of what's coming to mind. I'm thinking of a tube right now. (laughs) Literally, I'm looking up the vaginal canal in my head, like as I'm saying this. But the feminine energy is what we take in from the world. It's what we receive from the world um, and the energies around us. It is tied to our intuition, tied to our desire of um, relationships, uh, both platonic, romantic, etc. It talks about, you know, our divine feminine focuses on our inner dialogues with self, um, So anything that requires an internal reflection, um, our left side is also mostly ruled by the moon. Um, So of course, like I was saying, full moons at the time is really kind of receptive. That's why a lot of um, witches like I kind of sync up to the full moon is because it's like the receptive if you um, have menstruation cycles, the receptive energy of the moon, and we release. And so um, that is your divine feminine side. Our divine masculine side is what we give to the world. So if you look at the genitalia of a man or someone who has penises, um, it is very outward. It is an outward expression. Uh, When we look at Mars um, energy, it is a circle residing from the womb, which Venus and Mars balance out each other, Mars has an arrow pointing out. So our masculine energy is what we give out to this world, our outward expression of self. So the actions that we take, right? The, um, how would I say, how we discipline ourselves is, is our external um, gifts, things of that nature. So like our focus, our discipline, being a grounded sense. Um, Divine masculinity is still something new to me. uh, And I'll get into that later. So I'm still kind of playing, of course, (laughs) I had so much to say with divine feminine and I'm still learning my own divine masculine. So I don't know if you could tell, but that's just me being completely transparent. But divine masculine is our outward expressions of self, our outward actions of self in in alignment to our divine purpose. Um, 
so yeah, those are the two energies that we have. Um, how I like to think of it when I do my switch nostril breathing is the left side, uh, you breathe in and then the right side you breathe out. And when you finish at the end, you take a deep inhale, that mother, father, God, you take a deep inhale and release the whole thing. And that's the child. So I love the complex of the Holy Trinity and things like that. But at the same time, it is, it is literally within you itself. That's the basics of Kundalini energy. That's the basics of, um, Where did I lose that at? I don't know. I don't know. Look, I farted. See? But basically, like, as I was studying Kudalini energy, I learned that one, which is, like, the balancing of the divine feminine, divine masculine, etc., etc. So what I wanted to talk about today was the importance of healing your divine feminine in today's world. And like I said, and I'm going to get to... I'm still working out the divine masculine because at the end of the day, they both need to balance. However, if you haven't noticed, there is an overbearing sense of masculine energy in our world. And we see it in an unhealed perspective. And healing my divine feminine allowed me to recognize the divine masculine parts of me that needed my nourishment, that needed my uh, nurturing kindness. Um, motherwort, which is an herb that has been amazing on this journey for me, has helped me recognize the importance of nurturing that fired spirit of action that I have. Um, but it's been damaged by our society. And what I mean by that is my divine feminine, my wounded feminine, um, was kind of like my retreat space in this world. I'm a very soft human. I'll give you guys my big three. I'm a Libra sun, so already you know. Um, I'm very, with that, um, I like pretty things. I like things to look a certain way. I'm very into aesthetics and into ambiance, how things feel when I walk into a room. It has to be an experience. When you walk into my presence, I am the experience. I love um, mirrors and I'm a very Venetian woman, woman. sensuality. Um, and then my moon is in Scorpio, so I can become very retractive. I can become kind of like in my own shell. Um, but I'm also very transformational with my emotions. I'm an alchemist, a true alchemist with my emotions. So I like to go through different phases of, of my transformation through my emotions. My emotions lead me to these discoveries. Uh, and finally, uh, I am a Pisces ascendant, so I can be very dreamy, kind of flowy. Like I was saying, it's very hard for me to plan because I'm just like, Daddy Jupiter's got me. <laughs> so I can I can kind of be a little spacey. So obviously with all that water in my big three and also my other charts, it's very important to look at your natal charts altogether. Um I can retreat into my divine feminine. And what that looks like is external validation is something I struggle with my whole life. Um, making sure that people see me, making sure that I feel seen, that my emotions are validated. Um, 
was something that drained me of my energy trying to seek that in other people. It drained me of the self-reflection that I would do. It's like I needed someone to stamp that self-reflection. Like I would do the work and reflect and and come to my emotions, but it's like I wanted people to see that. I wanted I wanted someone to validate that. Um I, I wouldn't let it go until I got that approval. And that of course is not sustainable. Um, being insecure, uh, manipulative. I didn't notice how my over emotionality at times can demand so much presence and space out of certain people. It wasn't until I got into my beautiful and loving relationship with my girlfriend that her communicating how at times me taking up that much space didn't presumably allow her the space to take up for her own emotions. And um, that hurt me because I obviously wanted her to open up more. I would encourage her to open up more. But people can't open up when they don't feel as though there's enough space. So um, manipulation, um, stuck in victimhood, excessively attached. Those are things that I recognized in myself that I had to kind of channel and heal in my divine feminine. Lots of shadow work because in this world we live in, what I mean by I've been hurt by the overbearing masculine energy of our world is this sort of, I live in the United States and we have this very hustle and grind um, mentality. Uh <sighs> in the workspace that I literally had to go, yeah, not subscribing. I literally felt this anxiety grow and build within me throughout my college experience. I went to school for biology. um, And so I was going to be a doctor. So already a very male dominated uh, educational space. I was taught by a lot of men who kind of just just, were not teachers. They were just men that were smart who had a class. It was awful. Like my experience with men, I'm getting angry still talking about it because it hurt that much going out, seeking help, and then being told that, you know, I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not doing enough work. I don't have, and being a black woman at that, you know, um, already in a white male dominated space, learning and, and ask accessing resources from men was difficult. I was met with a lot of premeditated um, assumptions about my character, about my intelligence. Um, Obviously, you know, um, arrogance was huge in this field, questioning authority, because I'm a very curious person. And I like to know things throughout a, a holistic route. And, you know, men that I experienced because we're trying to change my perspective, emphasis on trying. And you may hear throughout this, there is still work to do. (laughs) Hearing this kind of just figure it out yourself was very difficult for me to feel nurtured to learn. Um, As a teacher myself, my first thing when teaching is to give space for mistakes. And I feel like this overbearing masculine energy 
does not give space for mistakes. So a lot in the U.S., we have a lot of people who are struggle with anxiety, um, performance, fear, fear, fear of failure was a huge, huge wounded masculine trauma that I've, I, I had still battle with. Um, aggressive, being cold and distant, um, critical and judgmental, um, being attached to just success, especially, you know, I was very tunnel vision. I'm going to be a doctor, da, 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 da. very direct, um, with my, with my success. Because when we are taught in school here in the U S that, you know, you're going to be a bum on the street. If you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful in life. If you don't work nine to five, you're doing nothing with your life. I mean, literally think about it. When you first meet someone, what is the first thing that they do? They ask you, hi, my name is so-so. Da, 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 da. So what do you do? And it's like almost our ideals of who we are as individuals, our identities are wrapped up in our successes. And for me, I forget, I literally have forgotten a majority of the things I've succeeded in my life. And I don't say that to be arrogant. I have succeeded a great amount of things and I'm just now learning to recognize them. However, that's what I mean by that tunneled, wounded, masculine energy. I fixate so much on outcomes. I fixated, past tense, so much on outcomes that I ended up not even recognizing myself when I achieved those goals recognizing and celebrating myself when I achieved those goals because I was continuously shooting for new ones. And it's like you have to realize in healing your divine feminine energies, being vulnerable and compassionate with yourself, creating loving and supporting dialogue when speaking with yourself, being receptive, like growing up, taking a compliment was looked down upon. Girl, you look cute. Oh, girl, I know. Thank you. You know, that seems to be arrogant. You don't want to come off as arrogant. Um, Loving and compassionate with yourself. Get up and go to the gym versus I'm nourishing my body to be my most optimal healthy self. Those are language switches that I had to literally, and still learn how to do. And I'm not just talking about the conscious mind. I'm talking about that subconscious mind, the internal, that divine feminine, that receptive energy that comes with the people you surround yourself with. What are they saying to you that you're secretly downloading in your subconscious? How do they speak to themselves when you are downloading that into your subconscious. And majority of this came from our childhood. That's why it's so important, mother, father, God, child. You are a child of the universe. You are a child of divine energies. And yes, we have these two split, but there is a different array of how that shows up for each and every one of us. And so in that, as a child, What messages did you hear with how your mother spoke to herself and how your mother exerted herself on the outside? What did you see how your father spoke to themselves and how they exerted themselves outside? For me, I'm a very observant person. 
And in observing my mother and father, love them both to death. And they're both beautiful examples of divine feminine and masculine energy. However, watching who they were when the doors were closed versus watching who they were in company, I will say are two different people. And I kind of learned to be this chameleon. Like as a Libra, people say that we're fake and stuff like that, especially with my Pisces ascendant, that we could be fake because we know how to be chameleons. We know how to relate, but that is our personal power as Libras. That is our power of charm is that we can see what it is that you like and see what parts of ourself we can give you to kind of shine that back, that mirroring effect. That's why we love mirrors, that mirroring effect. And so how did your friends growing up, how did they affect you? You know, all of this, all of this comes back to self and analysis of self. And I didn't realize how important divine masculine was until I started healing my divine feminine. And there was a big push to heal divine feminine with the self-care movement that started for me about 2016 when I first started college and I had this major panic attack. Um, I was seeing this guy on and off in school. It really affected my mental pushing myself in my classes. I got a 4.0 that semester at the same time at what cost. I was at the library until 4 a.m. in grind mode, um, going to classes all day, and then dealing with my divine feminine being tarnished by, you know, this man who did not know himself enough to exert himself in a divine way. Um, And me seeking external validations and and seeking for my insecurities to be validated, I succumbed to that. And I ended up hurting myself really badly in this cycle. So that was what kind of pushed me into this healing journey. Um, I acquired a lot of embodied um, traumas with my cyst kind of blowing up. I have ovarian cyst um, that I have been managing for the past five years of self. Um, but before then was definitely, um, something that started when I was about 15, uh, that just naturally occurred, uh, because I embodied the stress of expansion. I embodied the stress of my insecurities that the things that I didn't say grew with on top of my wound, the things that I chose not to, um, say to myself, they show up in the body. And for me, that was ovarian cysts. And so that's what kind of pushed me to heal my divine feminine. I found when doctors kind of failed me talking about surgeries and things like that, I'm 20 years old. I don't want surgery. I might want a kid that's still up in the air. However, I don't want to tarnish that by having an intrusive surgery. Not only that, I, I'm, I've always been drawn to holistic medicine. Um, it's a natural calling of mine uh, as I study, study herbalism. Um, and I'll get deeper into the things that have helped me with all of this later, of course. But I just wanted to introduce how unhealed divine femininity caused me, and unhealed divine masculinity, the same, caused me to embody stress. Um, and it's so important for us as whoever we present ourselves to be in this world, to recognize those unhealed parts 
of ourselves. So that's what I was kind of reading off. I'm going to read them off again. How unhealed um, divine energy show up in the um, show up in the body. So um, I got this off of Pinterest from a miracleworkbook.com. So I'm first going to read off wounded masculine attachment to success, fear of failure, need to be right, aggressive, cold and distant, critical and judgmental, selfish, stuck in the mind, not in touch with emotions, defending himself or themselves and attacking. Um, right off the bat, I recognize in myself fear of failure. Um, I, I can be argumentative at times and feel as though, like I said, I need that external validation. So I need to be right, uh, aggressive with my tone. I'm still working through that critical and judgmental. So those are some things that I recognized in myself, um, being afraid of failing and just going out in the world and presenting myself and being like, here I am, accept me because of that divine feminine, wounded divine feminine. I didn't feel as though that was possible for me taking action. Um, so those are some things that I recognize in myself, um, that I was pushed to healed. And so healthy masculine is present without being distracted, non-judgmental, committed and powerful, deep integrity and humbleness, focus and discipline, supportive and encouraging, grounded, okay? And so when I think of, I'm going to give an example for wounded masculine and healthy masculine. Um, I used to be really, really, really into um, celebrity gossip, etc., etc. And uh, I recognize, I'm going to give this disclaimer that just what I see on the internet and blase blase. Of course, I do not know these people. I don't know their lives. I don't know who they are in private. This is just public knowledge. When I think of wounded masculine, and I'm still trying not to get angry saying this because I've recognized to let people exist in their own realities. Um, I think of someone I had a very long vendetta against, Chris Brown, um, and how he has come out in this world a numerous of times and not only put his hands on one person, but multiple people. Um, and I also think of the baby, uh, just over exertion of, of, of authority, um, in the sense of not taking accountability. Everything seems to be justified for them. Everything has to be justified. Their wrongs has to be like, well, this person shouldn't have done that etc etc um especially chris brown and his disgusting colorist attacks and completely saying well the only people mad are ugly and it's like the point you you know like obviously there's some wounded masculinity going there um if you're not able to take accountability for how you've wronged other people i feel like how no matter what you intended, your impact is is important. Intention versus impact is something you'll hear me say all the time. Your intention of saying these words, of obviously there was none and it was just coming from a place of your trauma and your pain. So take accountability of that. Um, and baby, of course, for his disgusting rhetoric about um, homophobic things, I stopped. I kind of intuitively I really liked the baby at first. I really liked his voice, his sound, because I'm a huge hip hop head. Um, 
And then I started noticing how often he fought. And I was like, you know, at the first two couple instances of him randomly like bopping like someone who wanted to take a picture of him, I was just like, oh, you know, it's fine. But when he continuously kept attacking people, I get um, fame. And of course, I will never understand that transition of his life to fame. I'm just detecting unhealed trauma um, and calling it for what it is. And I just didn't want to align with that. I didn't want to align with someone who felt as though they can do that. So when he said those homophobic things and I was just like, baby, you know, like, why are you worried about what other people are doing? What unhealed trauma do you have in your life, little murder? Look, (laughs) what unhealed trauma do you have in your life that you need to come to terms with if you are so adamant on attacking people who literally have said nothing to you? Um, And so with that, I leave that at that. That's how I feel. Um, And then healthy masculine, I think of Chadwick Bosman. Like, I, I just... He's just so, and may, you know, his soul be happy and free in this next realm um, because he was just such an enigmatic man. Um, His artistry, his his vision, and how he exerted himself to the public was always classic, always grounded. He has a very grounding presence, Um, even in his interviews and and how he spoke about his passions and how he came about. Um, even to his illness, uh, how he literally was on everybody's screens before he passed, and no one even knew that this was something he was going through. He faced ridicule in the public for losing weight, and this man did not feel as though he had to defend himself or feel attacked. Um, I'm not saying that you should not be vocal about your pain by any means. I just felt like he respected his process so much he didn't feel as though he needed to attach himself to the negative things that people were saying. And I just, I feel as though he embodied uh, divine masculine and healthy masculine energy. So those are a couple of my examples. Um, Just because of, I still love, I still love like celebrities and stuff. I just try not to. I unfollowed the shade room years ago. (laughs) I deleted my Twitter years ago so um that is how i feel now how wounded feminine shows up based off of this uh, beautiful thing not thing beautiful pinterest look is looking for external validation wounded female being insecure manipulative stuck in victimhood excessively attached desperate for love sacrificing themselves oversharing their emotions and has no boundaries so how that showed up for me boundless boundless I thought you had to be boundless I thought that's what mothering is is to be boundless and overly attached oh my gosh working through those two things highlighted to me um internalized narcissism um it really helped me break down my ego because who am I to feel as though I can solve everyone's problems, let alone over exalt myself in the process. Like I give people the example of, of, co- of course, like my, I'm still in the beginning ages of my youth. And so a lot of my experiences came from college. So really this is for my girls in their twenties. Um, Shout out to y'all because we over here trying to figure it out with people telling us we supposed to been figured it out and people telling us to grow the fuck up. But it's only my third day out here 
It's only my third motherfucking day out here. Okay. And by day, I mean year, but time is regardless. It, it, it doesn't exist. So it's really my third day out here in adulthood. I got a long ways to go. So give me grace. Um, but oversharing my emotions, the things that I didn't process because I was so stuck in my mind, that wounded masculine and not in touch with my emotions, um, is what I portrayed out to other people. So I would overly attach, I was RA in college, um, and I had residents who were also around the same age as I, and I kind of opened myself up to be everyone's punching bag. I don't want to say therapist, but it was kind of like, um, a therapist session, where I was kind of everybody's just like punching bags, you know, like including in my relationships. Um, and I might get into that later because I kind of wanted this one to be short, but I might get into relationships later and make that a whole different episode, probably a whole different episode. Um, but oversharing my emotions with people that I did feel safe with and them kind of just be like, oh, okay. Uh, feeling as though I didn't have friends that really supported my emotions because I hadn't taken the time to validate them myself, that external validation. Um, and I just thought I had to be boundless. I remember staying up till three, four o'clock in the morning, sometimes trying to mediate a situation that my coworkers and counterparts wouldn't have even, you know, attempted to do the same. Like I'm over exalting myself, um, not having that work life balance because I lived where I work also kind of put this strain on myself feeling as though I had to be 24 hours available. Um, and I would give advice to people when I hadn't even brushed my teeth yet. Uh, so it's like, I can't give you the stinky duty breath. Um, I have to take care of myself. What I mean by that is when I fell into my depression, I had to realize that I cannot keep taking care of other people while simultaneously not taking care of myself. Um, and also just, um, being insecure, like even with this podcast, that perfectionism in me felt like that I had, you know, I bought a whole podcast system that has been sitting in my house for almost two years and I'm now using my phone to record this like that over like thinking that I need more to do with less was definitely I feel like that wounded masculine but it came out in my femininity because I was insecure what really was going on is I just felt so insecure about putting myself out there that I felt like I can't do it until this is done until I have this sort of thing here until be it as you may. So that is how that wounded feminine showed up in myself. Who do I think of when I think of wounded feminine? No, I don't want the barbs coming after me because I love me some Nikki. However, um, who do I think of with wounded feminine? See that feminine part of me though, like I do not give men grace as much as I'm learning to because I will validate <laughs> women toxicity 24 seven. Like that's why I'm like, hmm. you know what the men I'm like this, this man here, this man here with the women. I'm like, no, but you know, she came from, you know, so, <laughs> but okay. You know, let's be fair here. Let's go into barbs. So what I, I love Nicki Minaj. I love her and how she trailblazed blah, 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 blah. But I will not lie with the public knowledge saying like not even with who she's chosen to lay with. Um, and you can look into that yourself, but also just the things that you hear from other celebrities, how she can kind of be manipulative when it comes to, I'm not doing a track with you because you're friends with her. 
you know, like I'm not going to, you know, and even in her music, it shows up where she feels like she has to literally defend herself and attack herself to her attackers. Um, Wendy Williams. Oh, and this can be a little ploy because we can talk about Miss Tabby. I love Tabitha. Um, and we can just talk about Wendy Williams because that we already know Wendy Williams is a very woman, wounded feminine. Um, kind of feeling like Nikki had to defend herself um, in music and stuff like that. Not saying that she can't uplift herself. It's just a matter of addressing petty things. Um, I'm a Real Housewives geek. I love when Nikki came onto the show. She was very catty, very petty. And we love that. You know, the, the wounded female loves validating our pettiness. Like, I will say, like, when you see the drama, when you see the girls, um, especially on Real Housewives of Potomac with Monique, that whole situation, I thought she embodied healthy feminine until that situation with Candace. Um, that defense, and she literally felt justified. I'm reading Abiola Abrams' goddess affirmation, African goddess affirmation, shoot, African goddess initiation. And she talked about that situation. I was like, girl, me too. It made me happy that another spiritual person's guilty, uh, black woman's guilty pleasure is for housewives. I feel like it just speaks so much to how we commune. That is unhealed, divine, feminine, and masculine showing up in women. Um, particularly, of course it can show up in all folks, but particularly this, this is a digestive of people who identify as women. And yeah, that is how women, feminine can show up is feeling like, uh, Monique felt so justified in attacking Candace because of her words. Candace literally provoked her. Yes, but baby, that initiation of violence was your trauma, you know, and that's just calling it what it is. When I think of healthy feminine, I think of Tabitha, how she came for Wendy Williams was so respectful. It comes from a mothering place, a nurturing pace. Like I see you, I see your pain and I'm choosing not to align with it. Go heal, baby. That is my favorite thing to now do to protect myself and my energy because we said feminine is all about receptivity. And if I choose to receive what someone is saying, then I am also taking the energy to receive that into my subconscious. So what I now say, if I do not align with something someone's put onto me or said in their space, I just go either mentally or out loud to you, to you, to you. Because a healthy feminine is strong and has boundaries, loving and supportive, vulnerable, compassionate and authentic, receptive and confident in her body. Um, intuitive and creative, asks for what she needs and enjoys the process of creation, able to relate to others by listening, sharing, and creating space or community. And when I think of divine femininity, I've learned that that over-attaching, like mothers have to let their children go. You know, the beautiful thing about animals is that literally they can have such a mothering impact on other people. Um, they literally can just say to their children, like turtles, like, all right, I laid you. This is, this is, I've grounded you. So this journey is yours. You know, I think that's beautiful. And of course people, you know, at least I was like, oh man, like they left them niggas out to just, I'm trying not to use that word, but 
I'm gonna be honest, we were around it all the time, so hold me accountable. But y'all just let us out here in the in the in the ocean. Y'all just let us out here. Um <laughs> you know, and left us to die. And I feel like as mothers sometimes we get so and I say we because I am a mother mother of many things we get so overly attached of the outcome of something we've created that we don't allow it the space to breathe and create a a, a life of its own and that's in a business that is of your art if you're artistic your music you can't hold on to those things forever like even me having this podcast I had to realize if I want this thing to grow I cannot hold on to these ideas forever I have to let them go that's my divine feminine coming through because now I'm creating space and I'm creating community for this dialogue people are hearing my voice and it's creating communication you know like you have to think about I need to be present for myself so that I can show up in this world. We always hear, you know, people aren't gonna remember what you wore, it's how they make you feel. And I feel like that can be taken as a double-edged sword because here we are overly thinking about how we present ourselves in the world may impact other people, which I'm not saying self-awareness and is it important. However, in that, you have to come to terms with that first yourself. How are you presenting yourself to yourself? And divine masculine and feminine energy can be a great checkpoint in how to do that. So with that being said, um, we've gone into divine healed, unhealed. With that being said, I want to get into things that I've been practicing that have really helped me balance my divine energy 7-eleven lol my clock on my stove is messed up this morning at 7-eleven i started doing my breath work which i started doing the breath of life um practice um and then i kind of like was like oh i guess i'll see how this plays out today and on my stove my clock does not work because i like getting random messages from my angels and it's literally 7-Eleven. So I'm glad that when I start talking about my practices, it was it is aligned to the practice that I did today. Ashe. Um, so what was I talking about? Okay, here we are. First, being present in my motherfucking body. Shit. Being present in my body, what is showing up where? My ovarian cyst reigns uh, as of last year when it first erupted and I really was close to getting surgery um, and I had to really realize that I needed to best uh, balance myself is on my right ovary. I am putting stress on my right side. My foot injury that I sustained, or not injury, my first foot surgery that I got um, and I did not get a second one, is on my right foot. I have scarring on my right foot. I literally have embodied trauma, embodied trauma on my right side. This is very indicative of the trauma that I have chosen to embark in this lifetime, um, to learn from. And so, figuring out doing body scans um doing yoga yoga nidra um 
just even being fit in college, I was a gym rat. I love being fit. However, it didn't help me really connect with my body. I'm not saying don't work out because I'm trying to get back into the gym. I just realized that I had to be present in my body in a less aggressive way so that I can come into contact with the trauma that I've chosen to embody. With that being said, um, I mentioned Yoga Nidra. I have a very overactive mind. Um, and yoga nidra really helped me to have a guided meditation at the same time being guided into uh, my body and sensing my energy in different areas. Um, oh, I just farted. Nice. Uh, and that is my... <laughs> it's so funny. Like I don't care that I just said this because I really feel like gas like paying attention to when I burp and fart has definitely helped me train my subconscious first of all it's a natural process you guys already know by now I am a biologist so I don't see things the same way you may see things my blog is literally called fairy goddess farts so um but it's strange like thinking of how your body ticks like yoga nidra specifically has helped me how my body ticks and when um, I realize I fart or release when I'm literally releasing or when I use the restroom and um, or I, I have to poop, you know, I literally go, I release all the things that my body felt like it needed to release. I release and kind of just like guiding myself to my natural processes, um, recognizing in your digestive system when your stomach is upset and why. Yoga really helped me do that. I remember one of my deepest body embodiment revelations was I had an upset stomach after eating some fast food. So I turned on um, yoga with Adrian um, for her stomach, like uh, for digestive. And I turned that on and I remember kind of doing the movements and I'm like in my head the whole time because when I first started yoga, I had monkey brain um, in my head the whole time. Da, 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 da. And it wasn't until like maybe 10 minutes after I finished the practice, I was like, oh my God, my stomach feels so much better. You know, I'm used to going to sleep with upset stomachs or, you know, we pop a Tums or get into, you know, um, things to that kind of help to remediate it without even thinking about it. So yoga kind of forced me to think about the fact that Oh, wow. Movement of my body helped me process this differently. Um, being in my body helped me process this differently. What am I releasing? At the time, I was dealing with confidence issues. That's why I was having stomach issues. So the chakra system really helped me come to terms with my embodiment. Checking in with my root chakra at the base of the spine. Uh, my sacral chakra is a huge indicator for me because my lower back aches. Um, I store a lot of tension in my hips, so they'll get a little tight. Um, so I'm like, okay, my sacral chakra, my creativity isn't flowing. I'm, I'm, I may have some traumas that I need to work through, some sexual traumas that I need to work through. And that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, sexual traumas that I need to work through. Um my my stomach, I've already addressed solar plexus chakra, your confidence, your self-awareness, self-identity, um, very masculinated chakra that I've been just now introducing to my body and working with, your heart chakra. Um, when I would receive the most anxious moments like my anxiety, panic attacks, I would be a lot of tension in my chest. I literally felt my cordae tendinate just pulling at the seams and stress induces cortisol, um, which... It, 
increases your high blood pressure. So spiritually, your increased high blood pressure and scientifically means that your body is restricting the flow of blood. You are being a restriction to yourself. You are literally resisting, I meant resisting, resisting your your natural flow. That is stress, is resistance. Um, so being in tune with my heart chakra and my anxiety attacks, where am I feeling my emotions? Um, Yoga Nidra really helped me dive deeper into my heart space because it allowed me to kind of resolve some of the things. Of course, I'm a working in progress book. I'm just trying to help another sister out. Um, resolve that. So the heart chakra, doing some heart chakra sound bowls, um, meditations. My favorite is yoga. Oh, nothing feels better than a heart and hip opening yoga practice. Oh my God. You just feel like your emotions have left you enough to give you enough space to breathe because as, as a wounded divine feminine that like to hide in her wounds, healing my heart and hips at the same time was so important to me because a lot of the healing I thought I was doing was from having sex. Um, and I thought that was me kind of coming into my sensuality and I got burnt by that a quite a few times. So getting into my heart and my hips really helped me heal my anxiety, which was the stem base of why I felt like I needed to do those things, um, and sacrifice as much as I did in that process. Um, my throat chakra is what I've been working on as of recent. If you can't tell I'm here and present today because of the work I've been doing, Ashe, um, but something that we neglect is telling our truth. And I don't really, I'm a very honest person, so I always tell the truth. However, I can only tell the truths that I've told myself. If I'm not true with myself, if I'm not in tune with my truth, that is where we have that resistance, that stress. A lot of people are working jobs they don't want to work, saying things that they don't want to say, doing things that they don't want to do. And my biggest thing in the corporate world was being on the phones with people all day and and recognizing how much anxiety and stress I was having, having these conversations and not being in tune with my truth, which is not working for other people. I literally can't. Um, so saying your truth, being a part of your truths. Uh, my third eye chakra is the first chakra I wanted to indulge in, which is your intuition. It is your knowledge. It is your self um, projection, um, your foresight. I just love working with my third eye because it's gotten to a point where it literally feels magnetic. Like I literally feel my third eye pulsating <laughs> throughout the day, especially when I'm extremely intuitive. Uh, um and I'm proud of myself because I've learned to do this naturally without cannabis, but cannabis really helped me get into my subconscious mind. Um, so if you don't have a strong connection to your third eyes, because you may need to get into your subconscious and dig a little deeper into that inner child work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and finally, your crown chakra is your connection to the divine and your connection to others. Um, we are all derived from this oneness. As I say this, I literally see on my... Um, a red rose that is literally a circle of a circle of a circle of a circle. That connection to that divine, that enchantment that it just keeps going on and on forever is within all of us. And um, if you pray to whoever you pray to, God, source, creator, um, our universe, because, you know, our galaxy, because we're one of infinite galaxies, 
Um, (laughs) If you think that we are alone in this world, you are so mistaken. It makes no sense. There are so many infinite realities we you have already existed in and that you exist in now. Um, And so kind of like that existential phase I went through um, in my spiritual healing definitely had to help tune myself with my crown chakra because you can get lost in the abyss, especially my Scorpio side. The Scorpio is the abyss Um, and my moon, my emotions. So when I would get emotional about things, I would kind of fall into the abyss and um, <laughs> just be like, well, nothing even matters anyway, so why should I care? And being grounded to the connected, to the divine, they're like, you should care because this is your life. This is still your reality. Yes, you're not wrong. At the same time, you're just avoiding confrontation with the things that you are aligned with on your soul's purpose. And I feel like we all should be striving towards our North Node. We should all be striving to our Dharma, our soul's purpose, and when you embody, uh, when you have those body scans, you become more aware of the places you're not aligned to. Uh, so those are some of the practices I've learned. Of course, meditation. Uh, my favorite sound bowls are an easy way to start meditating because you can literally just turn them on and heal while you sleep. I love frequency work because it helps me kind of, I become, become avoidant sometimes with doing the work. And so I get by uh, with just some sound bowls here and there. I've just now recently discovered brown noise. Uh, like I said, sometimes, especially if you're working with un- who we healed divine feminine, which I feel like as a whole, we are working through that. Um, brown noise can help you clear the chatter of your inside mind and kind of just be present with what actually you are facing. Um, so I love a good brown noise moment while I'm doing things that I love doing, like creating my herbs or um, stuff like that. That's one practice, music. I had to disalign myself with so much music and I'm probably gonna create an episode literally just on that, on music. So listen to the words that you hear. Are you just listening to a whole bunch of rappers talk about their unhealed masculinity? Are you talking about a whole bunch of women who have introduced men or people into their lives that have hurt them constantly because you feel hurt? At some point it says you gotta let that hurt go. You know, like it's, I am a hundred percent advocate for listening to music that is in your present mood. What I mean by that is yes, that man fucked you over years ago, you know, and at the time this song was hitting. However, you have grown from the cycle. You are trying to introduce new people into your life. So let go of that music. I literally feel uncomfortable when I go through spiritual awakenings because you have multiple. But I remember my first one um, in 2020, I literally felt like a snake shedding and the music that I listened to literally felt uncomfortable, unbearable to listen to. I'm just like, I do not align with this at all. This doesn't make any sense. And now I've gotten to a space where literally I own only listen to empowered divine music like uh tony jones her affirmations are astounding Londrell, um he has really good meditative music now i will say the spiritual girls can be a little corny and i mean guys and girls when i say girls but the spiritual girls can be a little corny in their music at the same time um there's still some really great artists that make really empowering messages through song because we it's not new to us. Music is the core and the blueprint of humanity. Um, it is vibration and we are vibration. So we literally, it's a vibe. Like you need to vibe with your vibe. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. But sis, let that hurt go and let that song go. Find a different song. Um, 
what else? Uh, food, what you intake food wise. My girlfriend is a private chef and she literally has gone to school for, um, food. So for me, I can be very babyish at times. I forget to feed myself. And with that indecision of feeding myself, I often would lead to late night eats and I would eat lots of fast food. And then I would go the whole day fasting and then not eat till 10 o'clock. That is not sustainable. My girlfriend who comes from a very grounded home, um, I'm not saying I don't, but they eat three times a day type thing. Her grand and her uh, her grandma cooks. And so, yeah, that food going to be on the table. You know, I grew up a military brat, so I grew up with food on the table every single night, no doubt. But breakfast and lunch was kind of like on your own. Um, and so I had to teach myself, too, because, at, at you know, as a kid, I didn't also make my own food. Um, teach myself to nourish myself three times a day, to eat my foods and also the quality of foods. Um, I used to think all foods were made equal, but that is not true <laughs> at all. I've now been introduced to vegetables. Uh, sauteed vegetables is my favorite. I will say I do not like them boiled. I like them sauteed. Um, just like my, <laughs> I can't eat wet bread. I, I don't like bread that isn't heated as well. Um, I've learned to introduce more cooling raw. So I do like vegetables raw, um, fruits, also raw because it's important to cool your body down sometimes as well. Um, I can't eat everything hot. Don't eat everything hot. Um, that is another thing. Eat some very nice cooling foods, uh, especially during the summertime because our bodies, our bodies go through season. We need hot when it's cold and we need cold when it's hot. So be mindful of the temperature of your foods and the temperature of yourself. Um, if you just, you know, like are really angry and upset eat some cool um, grapes, eat some strawberries, some bell peppers, you know, like eat something raw so that you can kind of introduce coolness to your body. Um, so what I eat matters. What else? Meditation I've talked about, but uh, breathing exercises. How could I not? I feel like the last part that I want to get into is breathing exercises. Um, so definitely try uh, to breathe in. Um, <laughs> that was so generic, but YouTube, YouTube has everything. Um, and YouTube, just the box breathing method for in, hold for, for out, hold for. I teach my students that one switch nostril breathing. I've also introduced there's B breathing. There's a magnitude of breathing exercises, all wonderful because our breath is our ashe. If you have breath, you have purpose and you cannot get aligned to that purpose if you are not consciously breathing. A huge part of my spiritual awakenessness was recognizing breath by breath. I now notice when I breathe every day. Now, of course, when I'm out of my mind or out of alignment, I don't, I have to come back to breath, which is why having a continuous breath practice is so important because you don't ever fully get it down. There's going to be times and things that take you out of your element and your breath grounds you into the present. So I now get into a space where all, every day, every breath that I make, a majority of it, I will say it's probably like 80% now I'm aware of my breath. And if I'm not aware of my breath, I remind myself that I'm aware of my breath, but that took three years of doing breath work to get there. So, um, three years in the game and a yoga practice has really helped me align to my purpose because I am breathing. So those are some things that you can try and give yourself grace. Of course, I said three, four years I've been practicing a lot of this stuff. 
Give yourself grace. There's no, you learn this too late. There's no, you need to figure this out. Uh, I have to tell myself this daily. Figure it out on your own time. Your alignment will align. When you are called to these practices, you will know why, who, what, when, and where. Um, But yeah, I definitely wanted to say this message as I walked outside and saw how dead the trees are here in Houston, um, just dying out from heat exhaustion. Houston is a very moistured place, but we've seen little to no rain. Uh, they said this is probably one of our drier seasons. Um, and, um, the trees look so sad. Luckily we live in a climate where we're next to an ocean cause they're getting some type of moisture, uh, moisture, but the seeds of, of, an overbearing masculine energy. Uh, the U.S. has reached its Pluto return. Roe v. Raid has been overweight. We're basically telling women and feminine energy that you're not important. We're going to continuously dominate and we're going to continuously overexert our unhealed masculine energy. We're getting too much sun. We're getting too much sun. And for black people, we're unlocking some codes. You know what I'm saying? Like I've noticed a lot on TikTok, black people are going outside, sitting in the sun, blah, 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 and really just unlocking those codes. And I definitely have been a part and called to that. And I'm very grateful for that. If I can be the light, <laughs> you got to know. So I, I'm taking on the light and we are taking on so much sun because, and in both ways, um, because it, it, it there's no balance. And so I really felt called to this message to enlicit balance, to give balance to all of us. We all need it and we need each other. And we cannot do that if I look at my fellow brother and sister and say, I don't like you because I don't like myself. Girl, what that gonna do? So we we have to get to work, people. It's so important. I'm saying this afraid Um, At the same time, calm because I'm present in my body. I'm one person. And if my voice can give at least one person the knowledge to be that person for someone else and we make an impact, then let's do it. So serious. Let's do it. With that, thank you so much. If you stuck around, follow my Instagram page at Apothecary Tamani. Um, And I'm going to also write up a blog with this. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, and yeah. Oh, I forgot herbs. I'll get into that later. This is enough. And I say that with grace. I say that with love. I appreciate you being here and showing up for yourself and showing up for me. Um, if you want to give some love, love donations, I will be putting my, um, cash app and Venmo in the bio because I deserve to receive telling myself that too. Uh, and with that, I end at 9-11. It says on my clock, 9-11. Um, so, Ashe. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Is it 9-11? Oh, it's also 11-11. Make a wish! <laughs>